Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at No Referees Podcast for up-to-date info on the show. Now, let's get into it. Welcome back to the No Referees Podcast. I'm Eversaka Joe. Here is my special co-host, <laughs> Special Jennings. What's up, E? Saying special back to back is weird. Special, yeah, special. You, you got to find another word, man. You got to add something else. <laughs> <laughs> On the line today, we have our esteemed special special guest, <laughs> Jantel Lavender. What up, Jantel? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, hey, girl. <laughs> How you doing these days? What's going on? I just been chilling. I feel like I'm a working woman since I'm not playing no more. Uh, yeah, you gotta get up and do that nine to five grind, huh? Well, I mean, it's not nine to five, but it's traveling. I mean, it can be a little bit grueling on your body, but um, I got a, I had a six a.m. flight this morning, so yeah, I'm, I'm been up. So being a homeowner and stuff, it's just a lot to be done. Hey, you gotta take the trash out, shovel the driveway. Get the gutters cleaned, yeah, all that. Uh, I'm that bougie snowblower type. Right. Person. Right. Snow. I'm looking at Lowe's. Like, for Christmas, you can give me Lowe's gift cards. You can give me whatever. Like, Home Depot. So, we know. <laughs> well, we know how y'all Scorpios do. You know, bad and bougie. See, I'm a cancer, so I just know about my little, my sign. But if I want to know anything about a Scorpio, all we got to do is go to your Twitter page. Every day you tweet something about a Scorpio. Well, that's interesting because I'm not really active on my Twitter. I think I did that about 11 years ago. I su- subscribed to that, and I don't know how to take it off. So that's not actually <laughs> me posting those posts. So if anybody can help me figure out how to get that off of my Twitter, because everybody's asking me, like, why are you so into Zodiac? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even on Twitter. So, um, yeah, take that for what it is. But, yeah. So, Jantel, I just watched your, your new documentary on uh, YouTube, Homegrown. I thought it was very, very cool. A lot of insight about yourself, the city of Cleveland. Talk about that a little bit to us. Well, I think Homegrown was an amazing thing that the Chicago staff put together. I think that in 27 minutes, it's really hard to get a full understanding and synopsis of where you came from and your childhood and what you did. So the way that they wrapped it up, I thought it hit some important points. But obviously, it's a lot of stuff that I went through that wasn't mentioned on the documentary. But I will talk about what was on there Um just going back to where I started playing basketball, me and Special both was at Lonnie Burton playing, um, <laughs> working out, getting better. Um, the wet spots. Yeah, the wet <laughs> spots, the floor being, you know, uneven, but it was just where we had so much fun. I love how they started from um, the beginning of my journey and went to um, – how much time I was putting in jump roping and being in Lonnie Burton and then getting, you know, going to high school and being top ranked in the nation, um, being recruited by all the schools in the nation, um, basically giving me a choice of where I wanted to go. Um, and I just love how they just honed in on the fact that my mom wanted us to stay close to home. My sister and I, I love how they talked about how we had to go to school together. My twin sister, Jasmine, um, and I, and, um, my success at Ohio State and from there um, talking about my, my, you know, me being drafted was great. Um, just not, just being naive to the whole um, idea of where basketball could take me was, I think, what surged me for because I think if I had an idea or I was even aware of, you know, the criticism that I was receiving, I think that that could have kind of deterred me, like I said in a documentary, from actually playing. I just, I think I was just having fun with it. And um, once I realized how serious it could be, that's when I was like, oh, shoot, I'm I'm kind of good. You know, these <laughs> fools like me, they want me. And, um Getting drafted fifth, I mean, out of um, one of the top draft classes, I mean, they talk about it all the time. We had Liz Cambage, Maya Moore, um, Jessica Breeland, Sydney Colson. Most people that were in my draft are still in the league, and I think that that goes to show, like, how good our class actually was. And for me to go fifth was just amazing. I didn't even expect that. I didn't know what was going to happen. People thought I already knew that I was going to get drafted by the Sparks. That's why I wore purple to the draft. I'm like, I didn't know. Maybe it was just written for me, you know? (laughs) Um, But that experience was amazing. I got to experience that with my family in Connecticut. Um, 
kind of surreal when I was there. Um, and then going through my journey in LA, which was a really, really tough journey. A lot of times people see me smiling and happy and just, you know, we talk about the 2016 championship, but I had some really, really low moments. I mean, where I was boohoo crying on the way home because basketball is my life and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled, you know, and I just was unhappy and I was just, I mean, I had my teammates that had my back, but um, in some instances, I really thought that I, you know, I deserved a little bit better treatment based on the work that I was putting in and all the, you know, all the, the, the team speeches I would have, just the team camaraderie I believed in. I just thought that I gave so much and I didn't think I was really receiving that back. So when you're an emotional person, emotional player, and you're, you're, you give everything to what you do, if you're not getting that back tenfold, then you, you can find your feelings hurt a lot. And so I think in LA, I just had to really develop a tough skin within staying true to who I am. And I think within that, that's when I, I gained strength. And I was like, you know what? I was so afraid of what would happen if I got traded, how the teams would respond to me, if I would be successful. And to just go out on the limb, I mean, just with all the fear and I was so scared. I didn't know what to expect and ask for a trade and for it to just turn out so amazing. And I had the most amazing experience and teammates. I just feel like I'm truly blessed. And I and I um, posted something like, you'll never see success staying in your comfort zone. And that's what I was doing. Mm. I was comfortable. I loved LA. I loved the city. Who wouldn't love the beach? But that that's always there. You know, I can travel. I can do whatever I want in my life. I mean, I've worked so hard that I've kind of set myself up for, you know, to be able to be uh, to be able to enjoy life. You know, I save my money good, so I can always find the beach. I can always go back and be in LA. But I was like in this small amount of time, which you know, the basketball the window of opportunity is pretty small. So you know, right. next year is my tenth season in the league. But right. you never know what's gonna happen. But I was like, I'm gonna find some fulfillment, and that's when I took that leap of faith. I'm just so happy that I actually made the. The choice to go to Chicago is probably the best decision I ever made. I mean, I, I mean, it just when you think about the opportunities that have opened up for me, they got me presenting at award shows and hey, interviewing Billy, interviewing, you know, interviewing Billy Jean King, and then I got introduced to broadcasting. When I'm in LA, and I feel like I, I mean, I media would come in and I wasn't even there. You know what I'm saying? And to go from that to a program where everybody just loves you and wants to see you succeed. I mean, I can't even describe the feeling and the warmness I have in my heart just for the entire Sky organization. Listening to everything you said, you said a lot within that tale and, and watching your um, the homegrown. I thought it was amazing. Um, but it doesn't really, it doesn't detail every aspect of, of everything. And obviously I know you for, on a personal level um, and I know what it's like to grow up Cleveland. Can you give us a little more of you know, when you first, first, first started out, uh, people think that it just happened overnight. Like that struggle of having to be good. And I know when I was watching the documentary, I'm like, okay, at this point, she about to tell everybody what I said to her when she was younger. I <laughs> 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 can incorporate that into what I what I went through. But, you know, I started playing at Garrett Morgan and I never wanted to play basketball. Like I just was like, I was 5'11 when I was in the sixth grade. Man. Um, I'm already, I'm towering over everybody. And I'm, I'm, I didn't feel awkward just because I was just a happy Happy kid, like I'm so you happy. Always the way been I was. happy, tell you always and I'm been. Just like, yeah, I'm just so glad that I was naive to scrutiny and and kids are cruel. You know, I was just so happy that I was just just I had a thick, tough skin. I don't know. I feel like I was born with a, a shield from God or something. You know, and I just and I would just float through the hallways. But it was just one day. um one of our security guards, he used to call me. I used to walk through the halls. He used to call me six nine, but he was so like animated with it. Like I would be walking like six nine, six nine. When are you gonna try out for the basketball team? When you gonna? I'm like, I'm not trying out. Stop asking me. And then I think one day he asked me, and I was just like, I mean, I guess I could try out. And I was in the seventh grade because we didn't have teams for the sixth grade, and I was in the seventh grade, and I just went to basketball tryouts. The only reason why I got picked is because I was five eleven. And probably six feet at that time, because I was 5'11 when I was in the sixth grade. I tried six one by the time I was in seventh grade. And I was just like, I mean, it's cool. I thought it was funny. I thought <laughs> I didn't care that I was like 
ricocheting the ball off the backboard. I did not care. Kids was like, that girl suck. And I would just run down the court and crack up. I just didn't care. I mean, obviously, I grew up in the hood, but I never had to. When you're a kid growing up in the hood, you don't really realize that you can be a kid and live in a box and you with your mom and daddy happy, you know? Right. So to me, like saying you grew up rough, it's kind of hard to say that, but ultimately it's like, that's your life. You know, you don't, people who all live down the way, they're not like, oh, we got it hard. That's just their life. So yeah. I never would consider it like, oh, it was rough. Yeah, we ain't had no money. Yeah, some days we were trying to figure out what we was going to eat. I was begging people for quarters in school, but that was just what I thought was normal, you know? So, um, but playing against special, she was just always at, like, I feel like y'all came to a tournament at Garrett Morgan and you was just like, be strong, be strong. And I'm like, girl, what is that? Like, <laughs> I am, man. Like, I'm being as strong as I can be. Like, what is she talking no, about? Is is hilarious. <laughs> I remember the day that we were playing, and she she's not lying to y'all. Everybody, listen, listen, she used to clank that ball so hard off the backboard. Like, I don't think... <laughs> So before she was a bucket, she was a brick. Oh my God. That that would be a good that would be yeah. Like I think Gentel was so tall. Like she kept saying, and I was so little. Like I'm I'm five foot nothing still. Then I was about four foot nothing. And so, but like like her all her coaches and and Burke, we shared, you know, the same coach and things like that. And and kind of how he spotted her, spotted me kind of the same way. But Everybody could see that she was going to be so good because of her work ethic. Like, once she became like, oh, I could be good at this right. and became serious. Like, you know what? You know what? I, I feel like I wasn't good because I didn't have skill work, but I wasn't uncoordinated. You know how you got some players oh, that yeah. extremely yeah. don't know they left You should have said, like, like, said that in your documentary, <laughs> tale because it, it made you, know you was I'm like, I'm, like I'm, I was I'm, so terrible. It made it sound like you couldn't walk into right, yeah, like She was not that. No, she always been able to run and jump. And like Now, yeah. had to get better, but she wasn't like the, you know, the big ones that run and trip over their own foot. Yeah, right, right. She was never that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was coordinated. I mean, I would fly down the court. You could give me a test. I would catch it. Now she was going to throw it. Now she was going to throw it 200 miles off the backboard. <laughs> but I mean, I could catch I could jump and I could catch. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I had like a whole, somebody had to wipe me a new slate nah. and like reteach me stuff. Had so the intangibles, baby. I, had the intangibles. That's right. Right. And so. I know that you were talking about this like being strong. One thing as a strength and conditioning coach, I noticed right off the bat in the documentary was the old school weight room that y'all had in there. And for me, I, I like the old school feel, the not the shiny new equipment, like just to get, get in the gym and just grind after it. So that was like one of the first things I noticed. I was like, yeah, use that old school weight room to get strong. That old, that old, like, quote unquote, old man strength. Our coach had us lifting, like, I had weight, I had muscles in my toes, like. <laughs> right? What? We were so strong. I mean, people would play against us. Easy. And they would be like, they were so strong. Mm -hmm. Like, because we was lifting so young and Burke had us in there just getting it in. We always had to go to the weight room after we played open gym. Oh, or we, God. Like, we always had to get in the weight <laughs> session. And it made us all so strong. Yes. It's just crazy yeah. the journey that you go through. I mean, you you think the stuff don't matter, but all the little things matter. And kids complain about stuff now, but that, that, that stuff is what surges you past the next person, you know, mm -hmm. putting in that extra work. Because, yeah, we can play in the gym. Everybody want to play five-on-five five at camps and in practice. But, no, it's the skill work that's going to get you Man, there. separate you. That's what people don't fully understand. Like, you got to put in that work for, for skills, and then you can play five-on-five. Five. You don't even know how to play five-on-five five for real. <laughs> like, you got to know what you're doing first. And I think that that's what I try to tell young girls like I know you want to just play but do you really know how to play see this you this know, is this is what, yeah. yeah that's the that's the new and improved tell yeah, right there yeah. back then listen coming up tell <laughs> can I tell them tell coming up tell was juice her baby nickname was juice Ooh, she had the, you know what I'm saying that was juice we went through like phases went through juice not now she tell the woman the classy woman let them know tell <laughs> Wrong woman. Uh, that's so funny because I was just literally talking to my mom about that too when y'all had all came up to me and Lonnie Burton and, and I was like I, I always understood everything because like in a sense I knew that they wasn't making fun of me but in a sense they was and I was like I always got 
teased and picked on because I was tall. And then my mom just decides to go get me this wave nouveau curl that looks like a jerry curl. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm already standing out. I'm Man. already bigger than everybody. And I just had to just really just block people out. And I was like, when they came up to me, Alani Burton is like, we're going to call you Juice. I'm like, if y'all want to call me Juice, then all right. I just didn't care. I was like, I didn't care what people thought about me. I didn't care what people said. I'm like, that's what my nickname is. That's what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. I can't control what my mom do to my hair. I was just like, I, I always had those thoughts. I was always super effing smart, you know? And I'm like, people can make fun of you and laugh and joke. And I was just like, I mean, I, I really just didn't care. She and really... I love my, I love the nickname. I love that they all call me that. Even when I didn't have a curl no more, but you I was like, I know. Your juice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, I did not care. I was just like, that's me. This is who I am. My mom always was like, walk with your shoulders back because tall is beautiful, baby. There you go. And I was like, uh-huh, okay. We want to look. We want to make it fun, too, because, listen, you you was the life. Listen, you was the life of the party. You kept everybody <laughs> happy, laughing, different things like that on them AAU uh-huh. trips and everything like that. It was it was a blast. So, listen, you, you know your girl rock with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it, there we go. Obviously, being a, a McDonald's All-American, now going into college, which is the next phase. Um, let's talk a little about, about Ohio State, your days at Ohio State, playing in the Big Ten. What was that like for you? Well, I got all this backlash because Jessica Davenport was graduating and they was like, oh my gosh, they ain't going to have no post player. Ain't nobody going to come in and do nothing. You you were better, by the way. And then I was like, you know, know. I'm going to stand on that. (laughs) Stand on it. But that, hey, Davenport, yeah, all Ohio, it's all good. All Ohio. But you know how, you know where I'm coming from. Tell, go ahead, baby. Let them, I just want to slide that in there. Yeah, I'm like, I was only four-time Big Ten player of the year. Hey, Don't pull out the receipts, Tim. (laughs) No, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I was only four-time Big Ten Mm. player of the year. No player in any major conference has ever done that. You you was Wendy's before Wendy's, Tim? You was Wendy's before Wendy's? (laughs) (laughs) I take pride in that, okay? I I will ride with that to the day I die. No player in any major conference has ever done that. Period. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm just like, um, but yeah, my, when I got to Ohio State, they was like, oh my gosh, they got this freshman. And they was, Ohio State was hyping me up. I see a freshman scene off. She's going to be amazing. Everybody's like, no one's going to be able to feel just, just down for shoes. I'm like, I remember my first game versus Mirrors had 13 points and 14 rebounds. Hey. And from then on, I scored in double figures in every single game of my college career. And I, I pride talk. myself on that. Yeah, I pride myself on that. And I um I worked and I superseded expectations my, my rookie, I mean my freshman year, sorry. Um I was freshman of the year, Big Ten player of the year. I got first team all, you know, all conference, everything. I got I mean, every award you could think of. And um I was an all American. I'm you know, I'm a ninth grader amongst seniors in college, you know, um, as an all American. And I, I just felt like Everything was kind of surreal. I, I wish I was taking it in a little bit more. I just was like, cool. I'm like, all right. I mean, I can play basketball a little bit. And I just was like, y'all giving me awards. Like, what's an All-American? You know, I was really just, I just did not have a full grasp on it. And it just really wasn't my goals, if that makes sense. Like, now that I'm in the league, of course, I'm like, I'm super happy I made it. But I was like, I never was in college like, I want to be All-American. I never was in high school and was like, I want to go to D1. I just never spoke like that, you know? I just put in that work because I love playing and I just had so much fun. It wasn't about the awards. It wasn't about the accolades. And it wasn't really about recognition. But when that stuff started coming, I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun, you know? Like, all right, you know, it was fun, but I mean, and, and the most genuine way I can let people know, like, I really just never had, like, not, I, I won't say I didn't have high expectations, but I just never was doing it for recognition. I just really, really, I'm a pure lover of the game. Like, I just really love it. I wanted to be good at it. If I was going to play it, I was going to spend 90% of my time doing it. I might as well give it in my all. And that's what I really feel like I did. I love being in the gym. Some people had to get me off the floor at Ohio State. We would run open gyms, and I was in charge of them. And they was like, 
oh, y'all got to get off the gym and three, um, off the floor in three hours. I'm like, nah, we about to play another game. I would play 12 straight games because I wouldn't lose. I'm like, no, nah, let's go again. Like, they would be so mad. Like, how come your team keep playing? I'm like, we ain't losing. Like, why would we come off, you know? <laughs> but people would just, I mean, that's another thing I always try to talk, think, um, talk about with people. I just love seeing teams that are close. Because I really felt like my team was, like, hating on me the whole time. Like, they wasn't, like, supporting me like that. And I can say that openly now as an adult, as being 10 years removed from college, you know. They was hating on me so tough. I remember my my freshman year, like, all of our seniors was, like, I was real sick this one time. I don't know. I I had a real run-in with – because I started – I was getting a flu shot in in college. And I'm like, that – used to make me get the flu right <laughs> and I, I had <laughs> I got the flu shot this one time and I'm like I'm definitely sick and we had practice at like 7 a.m I'm like yo coach I can't come I'm 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 hurt like I don't know what's wrong with me my body hurt I'm aching couldn't make it I go into practice I mean I had a cold sore I never get cold so that's how sick I was my lip was big I mean I, my eyes was barely open and they was like the seniors called me like you got to come to practice I was like, but I'm sick, y'all. So I go to practice and I'm like sitting there barely, I mean, freezing because I'm so sick watching practice because I'm a freshman. I got to do what the seniors say. And they come to me after after the practice and they told me, because you didn't come to practice today and you didn't practice, you got a 6 a.m. workout tomorrow. And I was like, yo, I'm sick. Where is y'all humanity at? Right. Like, I'm sick. Like, what's up? Like, and I was tough. That's when my Cleveland was coming. Along. I'm like, what's up? Like, <laughs> I'm telling y'all I'm sick. I mean, I'm the person here that want to play. Like, y'all, like, what y'all want to run? Like, what's up? Like, when I, when you I, ain't go, you ain't go flu, Quincy on them. <laughs> I did, girl. I'm like, when I get rid of this flu, what's up? Like, why y'all coming to me? You know what I mean? That's, what I, that's how I had to be in college in order to, like, gain respect because I was already good on the floor. Like, it was like movies. Like, a senior would fall. I would put my hand out. They'd be like, grab my hand little girl like they were so rude to me and i was like so i go i i'm being a freshman i go i, I report to my strength and conditioning coach because they had said i had a 6 a.m he was like you ain't got to do that 6 a.m they just hate me you go back home i was like wow and in that moment i think i had an aha moment i was like you know what i'm gonna just work hard be respectful let people know in advance that something's going on with me and they just couldn't take it. I remember one, like I can give y'all one more really vivid example of how they just did not rock with me. They was hating. We go on a road trip and we're sitting and you know how the, the team orders food. Like we had sandwiches or something and we had a team meeting at the pool and we at the pool and everybody's getting their sandwiches and the seniors are passing them out and I don't have a sandwich. Oh, I was like, yo, sure. where's where, where, I said, yo, where's my sandwich at? They go, you don't get no sandwich. You you missed a couple of practices. I was like, what? is this the military? Is this is this <laughs> like, am I trying out to, you know, I mean, I'm on the team. Like, why like don't I get a sandwich? And then, so then my, that one senior goes, you don't know where I'm from. I'm from Detroit. I said, listen. Oh, I said, oh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen here. I was like, the last thing I want to do is fight because I know I would beat the brakes off your ass. But I was like, <laughs> you don't know where I'm from. And I was like, I will fight you in a heartbeat. And I was like, I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you're from. She's like, I'm from Detroit. You don't know what, where I was like, listen, don't none of that matter. You talk a tough game. But I was like, somebody going to give me a sandwich. When I tell y'all they <laughs> came up with how I was going to get a sandwich, I was in that pool standing up as a freshman, my first time ever acting crazy. I'm like, I'm going to have to, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to act crazy. I'm going to have to act crazy. Sometimes you got to get out of order to get order. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And I was just, y'all, I, I, I was an out-of-body experience and I was acting crazy. Like, I'm not dealing with y'all stuff no more. I'm not, I was just going off screaming and you never really hear me yell. Like, my family didn't grow up yelling at each other in arguments and stuff. So I, I still, I'm still like that. Like I have conversations where adults, where people, no reason to yell at Talk each other. Talk it out. But anyway, so I'm like, I mean, I'm, that's how I'm typically, I typically am. If I ever start yelling, y'all like tail is pissed, you know, I'm super upset if I'm ever in a moment where I'm yelling at somebody. So I was like, I went off. And then from that point forward, they were still hating on me, y'all. But I just, I blocked them out. And that's when my tough skin came back. And then from then on, it was uphill. I mean, the next year I made, you know, 
AP All-American. I was I was everywhere. I was flying all over the country, you know, getting nominated, getting getting recognized um, amongst the top players in college. And it was just it was awesome. And we had we didn't we had our bouts with the tournament. And I think that, you know, my senior year, we could have went a little bit further. But that's when they start talking about agents. And I'm like, agents? What's an agent? <laughs> it's really like a little kid, a little kid from the hood. I was like, what is an agent? I did not know anything. And I was just, I, they start, they start flooding. I mean, I was meeting with 10 and like five and six people a day. Like, we want you to come with our agency. I'm like, why do I want to come to your agency? Like, why, why would, who's special? Like, they all telling me the same thing. My mom was like, we just got to go with our gut. We got to go with our gut. I'm like, oh man. Before these agents and things start coming along, at what point did you realize I'm going to be a pro? You know what? My sophomore year, I had I got I had a a, a minor injury. This is my mo- my first major injury actually, with my foot being broke with the sky. But I had a minor uh, ankle sprain, and I came back, and I I had been sitting out for a little bit, and um I came back, and I remember my assistant coach. Her name was Tamika. Her name was Tamika Williams Raymond at the time, and she played at UConn. And I came back to practice and. She was like, you know what? She pulled me over to the side. She said, today, you look like a pro. And I was like, what's mm. a pro? <laughs> what's a pro? And I was a sophomore in college, and she was like, you are going to go so far. And I was like, what? go far where, you know? <laughs> she was like, you're, you're levels ahead of everybody here. And I was like, how? Like, I just did not know, y'all. And I, it can sound, like, stupid, but I just did not. I didn't care about that stuff. I was like... I was in college, y'all. I was partying every day. Mm. I mean, I'm super smart. I was top 10% of my class in, in high school. I, you know, out of 100 kids, I was number seven. And I'm like, I was super smart. I had a 3.9 GPA graduating out of high school. And I was cool with a 2.8 in college. I'm like, that's passing. I can still party. I can still have C's get degrees, baby. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's about balance. I can't tell. It's about balance. <laughs> Everything can be perfect, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm giving my all to basketball. My grades, I'm passing. Okay, I got a degree. <laughs> it's about balance. But no, um, that's my sophomore year is when I was like, I, I think I can go pro. And I started working on pro stuff. So I started doing like Dwight Howard workouts mm. and practice. Like he has this, um, he has this 30 minute workout, I believe that's online for post players. It's so freaking hard. I mean, it's so hard. And I started to do that every single day. It's like nonstop moving for 20, for 30 minutes. It's your whole workout. So we had individual workouts. Our post coaches was giving me like the Dwight Howard workouts. And I was like, moving for 30 minutes it gets you in unbelievable shape <laughs> and you working on hook shots rebounding i mean you really you really don't need a coaster they just kind of timing you counting the shots that you make and miss but it is tough and i started doing harder stuff you know like almost like an advanced kid in school like they put them in honors class <laughs> they was like oh no she she got to do something a little harder we ain't working with drop stepping with her no more yeah. so i just started you know just doing harder stuff trying to work on some different footwork which now i feel like as a pro i got to go back to the drawing board a little bit i, I never i haven't had time as a pro to really like work on my game mm. that's the part i kind of miss a little bit so now i got a little bit of time to do that so i'm excited for that Your eardrums buzzing yet? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. Enough of us. Now let's get back to the show. So 2011 WNBA draft gets here. You know, you're sitting there with your family. You get called fifth overall to the Sparks. So talk about what it's like leading up into those days to the draft and what happens after you get drafted? Um, so basically, I picked my agent, which I think is the top agent in the world. Um, he has gotten me unbelievable contracts in Europe. Um, but I picked my agent. And then when the draft comes, he tells me, all right, you can either go to Minnesota, Chicago, or the Sparks. He thought he, he, they had mock drafts. And he was like, I think you're going to go third, fourth, or fifth. It's between, you know, you got Cam Beige that's probably going to go ahead of you. At the time, Amber Harris edged me a little bit um, and somebody else. 
um, Courtney Vanderstool had just emerged. Like we hadn't heard about her throughout, throughout our college career, but then she had a, a breakout senior year where she like broke assist records. So she jumped, you know? And um, so he's telling me, he told me the teams that I could potentially go to. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I, I was like, I want to go to LA. I ain't been, I ain't been to California. I want to go to California. I, I didn't have no idea what they needed and didn't need. I was like, I want to go to the beach. Like send me out west. I want to go far. I want to go far. So I think I put it out in the universe because I was so stunned when the Sparks picked me. I was like, are you kidding? When they when they picked me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. They give you a small, um, a small like, I would say excerpt of what the team consists of, like who's on the team. And you got to you gotta say something about people you don't even know. Like, I'm excited to play with Delisha Milton-Jones and Tina Thompson and Candace Parker. And I, I'm just thrilled that they're going to welcome me into their family. Didn't know nothing about none of them. And I was like, I mean, obviously I knew about Candace and I knew that Lisa had just retired. But I was like, I don't know nothing about these people. And so after the draft, you, I, had, I had a phone call with the general manager, Penny Toller, who unfortunately just got fired from the Sparks. I had a conversation with her, and she's like, you excited? I'm like, yeah, girl. I mean, she was, she was, she had that hood flair, sorry. She really did. And I kind of related to her, like, what's up? She was like, what's up? She's like, you ready to put in that work? I was like, um, is this, this is the pro level? <laughs> and she was just, you know, she was just down to earth, in my opinion, and um, I talked to the coach a little bit, which was Jen Gillum at the time. I get there my rookie year. Practices are like so hard because everybody's so good. The level, the speed was just so much faster. Um, I just was, I, it was like I was thrown in the fire so fast because you get drafted in, in April and then I'm in, I'm in LA the next month, like all on my own by myself. I don't have no money, no money, zero dollars. I'm like, I'm going to training camp. I didn't have no shoes to work out. I didn't have anything. So I'm calling my boyfriend at the time. like, hey, like, can you give me like $60 so I can go get me some basketball shoes? <laughs> <laughs> so, I can, so I can, you know, I'm like, right. I don't got nothing. I, I didn't know what to take. I didn't, I, y'all, y'all was laughing me because I didn't know nothing. I'm like, I, I didn't know I had to bring all this stuff. Like, I didn't want to take Ohio State color shoes because I knew it was purple and gold. I was like, I need, I need you to give me some money. I need you to front me some money. So he sent me some money so I could go get me some shoes. Went to practice. It was, it was just the most. I I feel like I was hazed a lot, and um, <laughs> and I would be, you know, the the veterans would be like, if I was down on one court shooting all the way far, they would be standing by the ball rack like, come give me a ball, like, and I just didn't understand that stuff, you know, I just didn't get it, um, because I feel like I'm such a, I have such a care for humans, you know, like I'm like, y'all supposed to be teaching me, you know what I'm saying, like. You can tell the the players that need to be hazed and the ones that can that are just sponges, you know. Right. And I just felt so innocent, like I'm the sponge. I just want to learn from y'all. Y'all don't gotta treat me mean. Y'all don't gotta initiate me in. I'm here to listen, learn. If I play two minutes, I don't care. I'm I'm I just want to learn from y'all. But they it wasn't like that. Like they just wanted to just you know you have some debts in in the in the WNBA, and I really I personally can't be around them that are just really just. I mean, they really abuse their power, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and I, I, I personally don't think it should be like that. It's the sisterhood, you know. It's perspectives on everything. And I, you want to, as a 10-year vet next year, and we have a, I have a rookie come in. I'm not going to haze that baby. Teacher. I want to teach her. Right. I want her to have longevity in the league. I want her to be successful. I want her to, I don't, I'm not worried about her taking my slide. I have experience, you know. Um, it's just, it's not about that. And, you know, it's about giving back and making sure this league stays around for another 20 years, not you being a, you know what I mean? I remember one time I was, um, I always had to get to the gym like three hours early because everybody on our team got taped in LA and I would always be there early, but it would always be a vet there getting some treatment. So I would just sit in the locker room, sit in the locker room, wait to get taped because we had to be taped. I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there. And I, Ultimately, I end up getting pushed to the end of the line to get taped. So ultimately, that makes me get to the gym like later, and I'm supposed to be there first. And I'm trying to explain to the coach, like, I'm trying to get here. I get here so early. People are here 
four and five hours before practice starts to get treatment. If they're sitting in here getting their back rubbed on and I got to get taped and she don't take me, what am I supposed to do? And so I would I would hear from the vets, I won't say names. They were just like, when we when we was rookies, we was here first. I said, well, y'all was the first ones in the league. It was nobody before y'all. <laughs> <laughs> y'all made the list. Like, I'm a realist like Cleveland that. Cleveland got them smart that guy, lines so, for you. My mouth get me, uh-huh. me in trouble. I'm like, well, nobody really came before y'all. You know? <laughs> I was just, I was honest. I'm like, nobody came before y'all. Y'all was the first ones. Y'all made your own rules. Y'all started this crazy crazy mess you know I, I got a potty mouth I cuss a lot I'm trying to keep from cussing but I'm like you know y'all made these rules not me so um but it, it quickly you know it, I had a bunch of woo experiences where they was just coming at me so hard and um I feel like I learned a lot I, I remember calling my mom a lot my rookie year like I and this is what basketball is about mom I don't want to do it and she was like it's gonna be okay baby you gonna get through this I was like nah It's pointless for me to do something I don't enjoy, you know? And then I got my overseas job and I had the time of my life. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay, I'm getting a glimpse of some stuff. I got, um, they, uh, signed me. Um, and I was in Istanbul, Turkey, one of the funnest places till this day that I, I, one of my favorite places in the world. I, I, I go back there every time I'm overseas. Last year I went to Istanbul four times. I just love Turkey. Um, but it was my first experience and it will forever be a special place in my heart. But I was with Courtney Vandersloot and I was with Amber Harris, such. Um, Amber was and there. Our te- and our team was just so good. We were so good. And I had the, I mean, it was just the team wasn't paying me, but I was having the time of my life. And I think that it was so much fun. I really think that this happened. God was like, you partying too much. We're going to slow you down a little bit. And then he sent me to Poland. Man. Uh, y'all, I got sent to Poland, a remote city, nothing to do. I honestly felt like that was the last place I was going to live at on earth. That's how remote it was. <laughs> I was like, I ain't going home. I am not going home from here. There is nothing after this for me. I literally was thinking that every day. And it's such a lonely, lonely life. And um, as a rookie, I, I really, really struggled, y'all. I, was, I mean, I drank like two bottles of wine every day. I hope I can say that on the podcast. But... I feel like we I we all about honesty, baby. Yeah. All about honesty. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I just really had some struggle moments in my career, and I was just—I mean, I—I I was drinking a lot. Like I was um, every day. I I would just think about in practice. I'm gonna go home, get my two bottles of wine. I wasn't even eating, y'all. Uh, I'm—I can send y'all a picture of how skinny I got. I wasn't eating. I would stay on the phone till seven in the morning. I had two practices a day. Stay on the phone till seven. No, seven eight in the morning. Had practice at nine. 9 to 11, we had our first practice, which was lifting. Then I would sleep from, after that practice, from like 12 to to 4. Then we had our second practice at 5, practice from 5 to 7. And then I would stay up from 8 to 7 in the morning every day. And I just, and that was my, that was my story. You know, that's all I did. I was so lonely. I just wanted to have some connection to, to America, you know, and it just, it's such a lonely, like you really have to become accustomed to it and be around people that, that you enjoy, you know, it's best to be with a teammate or somebody who you can have a good time with. Cause for me, it was, it was, it was terrible, you know, and I try to I tell people, lonely. man, I try to tell people you too. Know? That's why I went ahead and retired. For everybody. <laughs> so give me some, uh, a little back story, a little excitement about when 2016, we all won the, the championship. And I kind of watched a little bit. I replayed a little bit of it last night and it was just like going back and forth. Y'all on the links, back and forth, back and forth. Just kind of give me a little insight of, you know, what it was like to finally win. I think the same year you won six women of the year. Just talk about that year, you know, for you professionally. Well, I would say out of my um, nine years pro, that was the best team I was on. That was the most unselfish team I was on. That was the um, the team that everybody supported everybody. We all wanted to be around each other. And I think that that's where I learned that team camaraderie is the most important thing. You can say talent outweighs stuff, but I don't think we had the most talented team in the league that year. We were just so close and we really all believed in each other. And, um, and we, we all, we started to reference this book. I mean, let me see what the name of it is. But basically what the book was, it was like the, 
I, you know how you have themes and seasons and stuff. Um, and I think our theme was to surrender results. If you put in all the work that you're supposed to do, I say that all the time, put in all the work you're supposed to do and do everything that you're supposed to do in the right moment per possession, the results will take care of themselves. A lot of times people are so focused on the scoreboard instead of individual great plays. You know, like coaches can stay mad, and but it's like in this possession and right in front of you, did they do everything that they were supposed to do? Yes. And that's that's the theory. That's the the, the the things that you have to tie together in a game to complete a game. Did I do the right thing on defense? Did I do the right thing on offense? And that's what we said our identity was, was surrendering our results. And we were like, we're going to just give everything we got, exhaust who we are, exhaust ourselves as players. And if we win, we win. And if we don't, we still can walk home proud and be like, it just wasn't our year, you know? And I think that that's what made us so good. Everybody bought in, and I was a major part of that because I love team meetings and I love team building, and I was, like, doing cooking classes. I, I like to do stuff to get the team together because you need to know stuff outside of basketball about people. Like, I was on the Sparks for so many years, and it's a few people I just know nothing about, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, I think that that's pointless. Like, if you have a coworker, even y'all, like, working together, like – you should know something about them. Like right. it gives me a little bit more compassion when it comes to certain things. Like, hey, can you do this for me? And I know about you. I know I rock with you. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. You know. But if you don't, it's just like you just don't have that. I always say that human factor within you. Like, but anyway, so we had that motto where we was just like everybody just bought in, and Magic was a part of the team that year. Mm-hmm. He was coming around a lot. And we had a lot of meetings and it really brought me to tears that year because everybody was giving me so much credit. Like we, we would never, Magic even said it when we won a championship, like we give credit. You can go watch the games. I'm Jantel Lavender is the reason why we won this championship. She brought this team together. And I, it just brings me to tears because I'm like the small stuff that I truly enjoy within who I am is what kind of serves us forward. Like we, the, those meetings, those times we all had together, those times when I'm like, I know everybody's tired, but please come to dinner tonight. I know everybody's tired, but please, I got wine and painting set up for us. I know you're tired, but please sacrifice your tiredness to come. And I think we had a pole dancing class or something. It was just all fun stuff. And once everybody, once everybody got there, they really enjoyed it. But that stuff made us so, so close. I cannot, I can't tell you enough. Like, but anyway, um, so we did all of that. And in those moments, like it, we had this last meeting and I said to everybody and everybody listened to me was crazy because I wasn't the leading scorer. I wasn't the captain. And I was like, if I, if we say something to anybody on this team, we have something special here. You accept it and you run with it. And I remember in that championship game, Essence Carson came over to the bench and she said something kind of negative. You know, we all have our moments. And I said, Essence, you made a promise, just like everybody else, that this is not about you. This right here ain't about you. This is about this whole team right here. And she was like, I got you. Snapped out of it, balled out. And she used that as an example. Like, I just want to thank Tell. Like, I was in a real low negative place. Like, and she brought me back. And it was like, I didn't care that I, I think I played 11 minutes that game. I didn't care. I was like, it don't matter how many minutes I play. Like, you, I'm still respectable. I'm still knowledgeable. Just because I'm out on the floor sometimes doesn't mean that I'm not helping this group. So um, they always referencing that. All of our foreigners was referencing. We had like six foreigners that year, I think. And everybody was just talking about me so strong. And I, I, I just really embraced my role as six women. And um, and I was just coming off the bench with so much fire with Chelsea Gray. It was just a, one of the most fun years I've ever had. And it wasn't about the coach. I hate to say it. it. It wasn't. We, it was almost like we tied and made a unit against him to win. And a lot of times teams don't understand that. Like, yeah, coaches are here to get you better. Coaches are here to, you know, do certain things. But that unit that's, that's on the floor, that's together all the time, that's real, that's what matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, the coaches, it's, it's a circle, then it's another circle, and then it's a big outer circle where all the other people lie. I feel like, the one where the team lies is, is the one that's tight, tight knit. The coaches can they in there, but it's they not as they not in there like the team is. 
And I told him, I said, no matter what he say, y'all, you know, I got your back. You know, you know, I'm over here riding for you. Don't look at him. I don't care what he say. I, I got your back. And I used, I was like smiling at people sometimes when they was in rough moments. They was like, I got you. I got you. Tell. I'm just like, it's about us, you know? And I think that Mecca even felt that she was just so on a whole different playing level. She was player of the year that year just because she was so happy and we was all so close. And I don't know, I could talk about it all day. It was one of the most surreal experiences I had and just winning just felt so unreal how we won in Minnesota was just the best feeling in the world. Cause they all, all the fans were there just like, they knew they were going to win. You know, we won the championship and they didn't even let our people come out on the floor. It, it was fun. Like I like winning the other people's gym. And so um, we won the championship and that was the high of it. That was the true high of why you play basketball, like why you, why you compete, why you're on a team, like it's to get those, have those feelings, have those moments of grand success, you know? And that's what it's so much, so, so many deeper meanings to teams and stuff to me that I feel like I want to give to people. Like every single year, your team is going to be different. Embrace this moment. You know what I'm saying? If you love a senior that's here, play for that senior because you ain't going to play with her no more. You know what I'm saying? And that's those are the things that matter to me. And I, that's what I try to instill in all my teams. As maybe, maybe it sounds corny to people, but that's what I try to instill in people. Like, it, you're never going to be on the same team. Never, No one team is ever going to be the exact same in the next year. So embrace those moments. And I think that that team really embraced those moments. And um, we had, a, I think we had a lot of potential for superstars that year. I think Candace, she had to put her ego aside a little bit and her pride aside to be able to say, you know what, NECA is the one this year, you know? And because she did that, I think that that's why she got finals MVP because she, it wasn't about numbers for her at that in, in those moments, you know? She just wanted to play for the team. And I told her, it's not about NECA getting player of the year. It's not about, you know what I'm saying? It's about, you being an intricate part of this team and we need you 10 times more than what you think, you know, every single person on this, on this team. And I think it's, that's another thing too, confidence. Like we were so confident. We didn't think nobody could beat us. <laughs> and that's good. That's important too. So, I mean, it was a, I think everybody should experience winning a championship is, I mean, it's an amazing feeling and just to be able to, I mean, for lack of a better analogy, going to rafters as a, a world champion for the rest of your life is just unbelievable, you know? All right. So you got the championships that you mentioned. Now you about to start your 10th year in the league. I know you recently joined the Big Ten as an analyst. You're starting to dibble and dabble in the media stuff. What's next for you as your career winds down? Well, I mean, I think it's it's safe. I mean, it's okay to say that my career is winding down, but I'm not near retirement yet. I think I'm a, I may have like three more years and me four more. Um, but um, I did, because I did break my foot, I did want to explore other opportunities, you know, speaking opportunities, speaking engagements. I mean, I had the opportunity to interview Billie Jean King and talk to some, you know, major, major feminists in the game and um, be able to just explore and, 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 realize what my other talents were because when you play in basketball, you don't really expound on other things that you can do because for people who who go like I go, you don't have time. And for me to just be able to sit down and be like, I can public speak. I can talk to people. I can broadcast. I can call a game. I can, I'm witty enough to be able to think on the spot to talk about a basketball game continuously for four quarters. You know, right. I didn't, you, I wouldn't have known that about myself until this injury. And to me, that's the exciting part because when I first started commentating or broadcasting with the sky, I was like, I'm sick of talking about basketball. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it no more. Like, I'm just, I just want to watch. But it's a craft to be able to talk the entire game. And you just develop little things you can say and do to be able to stay, you know, stay exciting and knowledgeable for the people that are listening you know if you have you're explaining the why you're explaining why this unfolded this way why this happened this way why this play worked or didn't work you know and it's almost like you're you're talking to people you assume that don't know anything about basketball and that's what you're 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 explaining to them as much as I understand basketball I have to put it in terms where I'm explaining to people that don't and 
it's, it's just a different approach on the game. I, I absolutely love it. I do think that I could make a career out of it. Um, if, you know, if I don't go into coaching, because I really, I really get true fulfillment out of coaching. Um, but uh, we'll see. I, I think that I would love to start my own business. I have a couple ideas, even some podcast ideas. <laughs> hey, um, but we want to be one of your first guests. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, but see, I'm a person who I don't mind talking about crazy stuff. Like a lot of times people think certain things are elephants in a room, like Man. death and, hey. and sex. And right. Stuff that are a part of everything. Put it on life. the table. I, <laughs> I know what wasn't normal when I saw you this summer uh, with that scooter, with that little accessory. The, little, the, the, the scooter was a part of your uh, game day accessory. I remember you posted that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I had to, I couldn't bear weight on my foot. So I was like, I might as well, you know. Yeah, the, the Burberry I, scooter. I <laughs> the Louis yeah. Vuitton scooter. <laughs> no, no. And I was like, give me a little color on my scooter. They was like, you, I was like, no, I want some color. <laughs> it was like, girl, you crazy. I'm like, call me crazy. Put some color on my scooter. <laughs> well, so listen, I, the future is bright for you. We really appreciate you. I know that. I'll be the first to say, your next, the next step in your career. Hopefully, you and I are working together um, in the coaching yeah. world. Um, put that energy into the earth. Uh, that that will be sure. when I do get my head job, one of my first hires. So you, everybody else, back up. Yeah. So, but man, listen, it's a pleasure. We we enjoy um, having people like you come and speak and and talk. Can you shout out your, your social media? Um, information so that you know everybody can kind of follow along and continue to follow you and your journey and um we'll definitely add this um onto our social media okay i am at Danielle lab on instagram tell baby we, we'll, we'll look for you and again we appreciate your time thank you so much for for keeping it real with us you already know appreciate appreciate it jantel <laughs> thank you thanks y'all thanks for having me Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Referees Podcast. Please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Till the next episode, we out.